So the previous house that we lived in, we had to landscape the whole of the front yard. And it was a fairly standard block, but we were on a corner and it just felt like there was so much that we were to do. This is just a, a nice little gardening picture. Landscaping our front yard was nothing like this. It was back-breaking work. I, I don't think I have ever done such hard manual labour than when we landscaped our whole front yard. Anyone who does this on a regular basis for work, any kind of manual labour, I take my hat off to you. It was hard work. We were like, the, the ground was so hard. We had to like dig trenches to create some framing around garden beds. We had to dig deep holes so that the plants would actually grow in such bad soil. We lugged and shoveled and wheelbarrowed so much mulch and rocks and it was exhausting. And in the second day of doing this work, because, you know, it doesn't just happen like that, this was ongoing work that we were doing, I realised that as I was getting into the flow of getting everything done that I hadn't brought any water out with me. And I thought, oh... You know, you get into the flow of doing something, you get into used to, you know, doing whatever you've got to do. I thought, oh, it's just too much of a hassle going inside to get water. Because, you know, when you're out gardening, it's like, oh, you've got to take off your boots and you've got to dust yourself off and you've got to take off your gloves and then go in and get... And then it, you lose your flow of being, you know, in doing whatever you have to be doing. So I thought, oh, I'll be fine, I'll be fine, I'll be fine. Anyway, the, the hours ticked on and I realised that I wasn't being as productive as I could have been. I was just getting a bit weary and I thought, you know what, I will, I'll, I'll take the time, I'll get all my gardening gear off so that I can go inside and get a glass of water. And as I went in and I poured myself a tall, cold glass of water, as soon as that water hit my lips... It's like my whole body rejoiced. And as soon as the water kind of filled my mouth, my body just responded in such a way going, one mouthful is not going to be enough, right? I was so exhausted. I was so dehydrated that I just sculled that whole glass of water so quickly and I, it was like it was so cold, I could feel it going down my throat and I could feel my whole body changing because finally I had given my body what it so desperately needed. Cold water to replenish. And when I thought, oh, I'm not going to have the energy to go back out, suddenly I felt renewed that I had been filled with what I needed to go out and keep going with this back-breaking work. Over the last couple of weeks, we've been looking at the book of Ephesians. And we started off in Ephesians 1, where Tim so beautifully explained to us what it is to be brought into God's family and to be adopted and to have access to the inheritance and the riches of God. And then last week, we looked at, at how different our life is when we follow Jesus. And when we have Jesus in our lives, we move from death until life. 
And in, in the book of Ephesians, it talks about the Jews and the Gentiles, two such separate people coming together as one. And that everyone has access to the wonder and the glory of God through Jesus Christ. Well, today as we look at Ephesians chapter 3, the last part of it, this is a prayer that Paul is writing to the early church. And it is like a glass of cold water to a people who are exhausted, a people who need replenishment, a people who need renewed energy. And it is a beautiful, cool, refreshing glass of water in reminding the people what they have access to. And the great thing about our scriptures is that it's not just relevant for 2,000 years ago, but it is relevant for us today. So I'm going to read from Ephesians chapter 3, starting at verse 14, as we read this incredible prayer of encouragement to every single one of us. For this, Paul writes, I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. We're all equal. We all have the opportunity for this inheritance. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. And now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Amen. How beautiful is this passage. Let's delve into this passage and look at some of the things it speaks over us and into us so that we can receive this refreshing, we can receive all that God desires us to receive through this passage, through Paul's prayer and his writing in Ephesians 3. So in verse 16, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit. You see, our God does not want us to be exhausted. Our God does not want us to be depleted. He does not want us to be wrung out. He does not want us to be burnt out. He does not want us to have no energy or have nothing left to give. That is not what our God desires. He does not want us to be at the end of the, our tether. He does not want to be at the end of our patience or feeling like we have nothing else to give. Our God wants to give us strength and power through Jesus Christ, through his spirit. And how often 
do we feel absolutely exhausted? Any of the parents and that are at the end of school holidays, you're just feeling like you've given it all and you're waiting for the next season to come. Or work is so busy and exhausting. Life and family is so exhausting. You've just been hit time and time, maybe with health issues, whatever it is. There are times in our lives where we just get wrung out and exhausted. And we try and fill that. We try and fill ourselves back up through means within ourselves. We, we plan a holiday for the future. I, I can make it just until we get to that holiday. Right? We live for the weekends where we try and put some more time and some more space in. We think, oh, we're just... We're not sleeping enough. We try and get to bed earlier or sleep in later. We put things in place within our own means to try and build ourselves up. None of these things are bad. But for us to have a deep inner strength, we need to be relying on the Spirit, the Holy Spirit that God desires to give to each one of us. So that we can not just be replenished from everything that we've already done. But so that we have the power and the ability to move into the next week for whatever God has in store for us there. Paul is just saying what Jesus said. And we read about in Acts chapter 1. Jesus says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. God desires for us to have access to the Holy Spirit, to give ourselves the power that we need, not just to fill us up from what we have already given, but to give us a strength and a power so that we can do even more but what God has in store for us for the future. Not within our own strength, but through the power of the Holy Spirit. It's a bit like I've brought along today my hairdryer. Okay? My hairdryer that has been created to do everything that it has to do. Within my hairdryer... It is built perfectly as Vidal Sazoon has built it. It has got a fan in it to push the air out the front. It's got a heater within it to heat up that air, to dry whatever is in front of it, whether it's my hair or the wet socks or whatever it might be that we're using the hairdryer for. It's got buttons on it to give it different levels. But if I turn it on, nothing. Why? Well, so obviously, I haven't plugged it in, right? When we think of a hairdryer, it seems so obvious that in order for it to have any kind of effect, what do we need to do? We need to plug it into the power. And once we do that, you can look amazing, right? 
If we plug the hairdryer in, it gives us the power that the hairdryer needs. It seems so stupidly obvious, right, when you're thinking of a hairdryer. Of course it needs power. You need to plug it in the into the power for it to be able to do anything. And so is it true with us as well. For us to do and live and step out in what God has called us to do. He doesn't ask for us to do it in our own power. But he gives us a power that is greater, stronger than anything we can do. And it is there for each of us to access and to plug into. Klein Snodgrass, awesome name, right? For, who writes for the NIV application commentary. When he is writing about this passage in Ephesians, he says, power and spirit are so commonly associated in both the Testaments, the Old Testament and the New Testament, that they are virtually synonymous. The Spirit is the power of God at work in people. That is the Spirit. That is the power of God through His Spirit that we are able to access. And it's not just something that God wants us to dip into when we're feeling exhausted, right? Or if we feel that there's something coming up that's just impossible. Or that we just come and think about on Sunday mornings because that's the time for the Holy Spirit. It's not just something that we as the leadership of the church desire for, to have for, for people who are really committed Christians or those that are volunteering. This is a desire that the leadership of our church wants for every single person in our faith community. And that's why we have made it one of our key four values. We've looked at a couple of the, the core values over the last couple of weeks. And this passage reminds us of this key value that we have as our church to be a people of the Holy Spirit, who's practiced God's presence with maturity and grace. Our worship and teaching flow from the Spirit and from the Word, biblical, joyful, creative, supernatural, and Christ-centered. We eagerly pursue the gifts and power of the Spirit for ministry and service and encourage everyone to join in. Everyone gets to play. We will also draw from history as we engage with ancient spiritual practices such as rest, meditation, fasting, and prayer. We are one. And it is our prayer that by his spirit, God will do the impossible. This is not just something that we tack on to the life of our church because we read it once in the Bible or it sounds good, or other churches are doing it. This we firmly believe. Because if we try and step out in our own power, we can only accomplish and connect with God in so many ways. But if we connect into the greatest power on this earth, the greatest power that God can ever express to us through the Spirit, then he truly will do 
the impossible. Paul goes on to write, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. This isn't just something we want people to tack on to their busy schedules into a Sunday morning. This is something that we can step into every single day, every single moment, every single meeting, every single class, every single conversation. We can step into the power of God that he has there available for us. But so often we just tap in when we feel like nothing we have done has worked. And it hasn't really sunk into our inner being, deep into our hearts as Paul desired for all of us to have. It's a little bit like these two rings. One of these rings is solid gold. And the other ring is just gold-plated. It means it just has a covering of gold on it. Who can tell me, left or right, which one is gold-plated? It's not a trick question. It's right. This one on this side. And how can you tell? Because over time, it started to wear out. If something is only gold-plated, when it's only just covered a little bit, a different metal covered around the surface with gold, a thin layer, it looks amazing to begin with. Probably looks as good as what the solid gold one does, right? But over time, it chips, it fades, it flakes, it wears away. If you wear it for too long, it rubs off on your skin. You end up getting kind of a, a greenish, blackish kind of mark on your skin where it has worn off. If you, if you put it in substances that aren't good for it, whether it's too much water or soaps or whatever, it starts to wear away. And soon enough, your beautiful gold-plated shiny ring starts to look like this. It's chipped and it's faded and it wears away. It was not meant for longevity. It was not made to look shiny and beautiful for the long term. And as you look at it as it goes along, it loses its value because it is only so deep, only just a thin layer. That is not God's desire for us in connecting to him through the Holy Spirit. God wants us so immersed in the Holy Spirit, so closely connected to him in relationship through the Spirit, that it is like solid gold. That things can come our way and chip us and flake off the surface, but there is still gold underneath. And it is not something for just a short term, but it is something that lasts and we can endure through the ages over and over again and serve our purpose to live and be called by God 
to live and breathe and do and speak and act in accordance to his will because the Holy Spirit is within our inner being, because Jesus Christ is in our hearts and flows out in everything we do. It's not just something on the surface. And Paul goes on to pray that this is so important, that he prays that we will be rooted and established in love. It is so deep within us. You can't, you can't look and, and, and hear this without thinking of a tree, right? That on the surface, it looks beautiful. But if you look underneath, a flourishing, healthy, good tree, you look beneath the surface, often the roots are even wider than what the branches are. Often the roots have to go deeper for the tree to grow taller. You see what is on the surface, but to see something that is healthy and growing and flourishing in all the right way, it tells you what's happening below the surface. For a plant that is put into a soil that is not good, that is not healthy, it only takes a couple of seasons, right? And soon the leaves wilt, they don't grow as lush as, as you move into, out of autumn and winter and into spring. The fruit isn't as good, doesn't grow as well. The, on the surface, you can see what is happening below the surface. God desires to fill our lives in such a way that is not just platitudes and on the surface that we know the right things to say, but that his love through Jesus Christ is so deeply and firmly within our inner being that no matter what happens, no matter what storms come into our lives, no matter what the weather of our life may be, we are so deeply rooted and established that we are still able to serve and to do what God has created us to be. In Psalm 1, it says it so beautifully, blessed, blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. It's not just a Sunday at worship thing. It's not flippant. It's not here, there, when it's convenient. But day and night, it is so embedded in who we are and what we do. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. And they prosper not because of our own ability, not because of our own power, but a power that we have access to that is beyond anything we could ever imagine or ever have within ourselves. Because when we are rooted and established in love, Paul goes on to pray that we may have this power. 
together with all the Lord's holy people, to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge. To have access to a power that is greater than anything else than we can ever have in this world. See, when Paul was writing, and in the Greek culture at the time, knowledge was power. To have knowledge was powerful. You were seen in a different light. You were, you were put into different positions because you had this knowledge. But the thing about knowledge is that you had to be born into the right family who could afford for you to go to school. You had to be born into the right socioeconomic place so that even when there was family business, they had the ability for you to go and explore this knowledge. And not only that, you needed to be created in such a way that your mind could understand all the knowledge of the world and interpret it and put it into, into action in our world. And yet Paul is turning on his, its head what the true power is. He's saying this is a power that surpasses knowledge, surpasses our understanding, surpasses what our world says is important, but the power of love through Jesus Christ is greater than anything you could ever imagine. What is the power that our world around us says is so important? As you think about your life, and what you do and who you surround yourself is in. In your spheres, what is the power? What do people feel is really powerful? Is it knowledge? It may be. To have that intellect, to have that ability to understand things, to speak well, to have knowledge and be able to put it into practice, that can be something that is really powerful where you are. Maybe it's money. Money in our world is so powerful. It helps us to be able to get into areas that we want. It helps us to, to buy anything that we might think we need or want. It helps us to, to establish our, our children. It helps us to be able to pick and choose what we want to do, where we want to go. Maybe it's how people present themselves and how they look, and their outward appearance brings power and prestige to them. Maybe it's the position of authority that they hold. There are so many avenues of power that our world tells us is so important for us to be rooted and established in. But this passage reminds us that the greatest power we could ever, ever want or ever be able to achieve is the power of the Spirit through Jesus Christ. And it is a power of love that exceeds all other powers this world may offer us. Because when we are deeply enmeshed and established in that love, 
when we are open to the Holy Spirit filling our lives and when we rely on the power of the Spirit rather than the power of anything else, then we are filled, Paul goes on to say, to the measure of all the fullness of God. Let's just take a moment to try and get our minds around the fullness of God. Really here, Paul is asking, he's praying for the impossible, right? For us to be filled in such a way, to be filled with the measure of all the fullness of God. I just want to take a quick poll for those in the room, for those watching online, play along. Just want to take a quick poll of how long people in this room have been a follower of Jesus. Now, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand depending on the time that you have been a follower of Jesus. Don't worry about the answer. You don't have to get it down to like the month or the minute or you don't get a special seat if you win or anything like that. Just for us to get an idea of how long you have been a follower of Jesus. So if you have been a follower of Jesus for a year or more, raise your hand. 12 months or more, you've been following Jesus, following him, learning more about God through Jesus Christ. Awesome. What about for five years? Five years or more. Keep your hand up. You've been following Jesus for five years or more. Amazing. Ten years or more. Ten years following Jesus. Awesome. Okay, we're going to do a jump. Twenty years. If you have been a follower of Jesus for twenty years or more, keep your hand up. I, I get it. The younger people in the crowd are like, I'm out. That's, that's fine. As I said, don't get a special seat. Let's do a jump. 40 years. How many people have been a follower of Jesus for 40 years? How awesome is this? 50 years. Keep your hand up if you can. Nice and high. <laughs> 50 years being a follower of Jesus. What about 60 years? 60 years a follower of Jesus. This is awesome. Now, those on the side, bear with me. I'm going to focus in a little bit more. We know where everyone sits in the church. That's all right. What about 70 years? A follower of Jesus for 70 years. We still have hands raised. 75 years. All right. Up the back. Is that the Andersons up the back there? Over... 70 years following Jesus. I just love our church. I love that last year, we, last week, we were able to celebrate someone who just in the last few months had started to explore who God was through Jesus Christ. And this week, we get to celebrate people who have been following Jesus for over 70 years. How great is that, right? That is the diversity of God. Now, I'm going to put you on the spot because you are amazing. I'm going to put you on the spot and ask you a really simple question. Over 70 years, you've been a follower of Jesus. You have known God through Jesus Christ. Shout it out, yes or no. In all that time, do you now know everything there is to know about God? No. Right? Even after 70, that shows how wise they are, right? <laughs> after 70 years, they've been able to answer that question. Absolutely. 
because no matter how long we are a follower of God through Jesus Christ, never can we fully understand the fullness of God because he is so diverse and so immense. Never can we fully grasp everything that he is. And yet, he gives us access to that. In Colossians, it says, So then, just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. For in Christ, all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. And in Christ, you have been brought to fullness. He is the head over every power and authority. So that when you are feeling wrung out, when you are feeling that the power within you only goes so far, when you are seeing something in your life that is greater than your ability or capacity, we have a personal connection with a God who loves us so much that he sent us Jesus Christ to show us how to live, to embody the fullness of God here on earth so that we could have direct access. And when Jesus died and he rose again and before he ascended into heaven, remember he said, the power, the spirit will come and be amongst you and fall on you all so that we can be overflowed and filled in the fullness of God. I love this image of a cup being filled with water. This can be us as well. That God is enough and has enough, and is willing to give enough, to pour into us so much, to give us the power through his Holy Spirit, so much that it overflows out of who we are, and it flows all around us, and yet still God has more to pour into us, because he is a God of immeasurably more. And even if every single person on this earth was completely empty and all at the one moment asked God to fill them with his Holy Spirit, to receive power through the Holy Spirit, God would still be able to pour out on every single one of us to overflowing because he has so much more than we could ever Imagine, this is our God who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. This is the God who loves us. This is the God who wants an intimate relationship with you. This is the God who desires to be so deeply within you that you can weather any storm. This is a God that has so much for you 
that you can never exhaust him or deplete him from all his incredible riches. But a God who desires to love you and fill you and give you a power that you cannot receive anywhere else on this earth. Whatever it is that you need in your life, whatever it is that you desire to do for God in your life, double it, triple it. God is still has the capacity and the ability to do immeasurably more than we could ever ask or imagine. This is the incredible God that we worship. This is why, as a leadership of the church, we want you to be a power of the Holy Spirit because it is not through anything we can do, but only through the power of the Holy Spirit that we can build a community of faith that glorifies and honours God, that we can go out into our workplaces, into our families, into our neighbourhoods and be anything that God could want us to be, not because of who we are, but because we are connected to a power that is established in love and grace and wisdom and God wants you to have access to this power. He doesn't hold it back. He doesn't dangle it in front of us like, oh, all this could be yours. No, it is there. For when we believe that Jesus Christ was the fullness of God embodied in this earth, and when we open ourselves up to ask God for the Holy Spirit to fill us, He gives us a love and a power, a grace and the forgiveness that we need to serve him and to accomplish anything that we have been asked to do in this world. Can you stand with me as I finish up? And as you stand, I'm going to invite you to close your eyes. And I want you to think for yourself What is it that you need God's power for in your life? What is it in your life that you desire for God to come in his power, through his spirit, to fill you so that God can accomplish what you know you don't have the knowledge or the power or the strength or the words, or the ability to do? What is it in your life? Is it, is it healing in your life that you require? Is it something of healing, whether it's physical in nature? Maybe it's something mental that you just need God's power to come and intervene. Is it a healing of a relationship that you have tried over and over again and you just seem to hit brick wall after brick wall? But you want to invite the power of the Spirit into your life 
to make change, to do something immeasurably more than what we could ever imagine. Maybe there's a burden in your life. Maybe it's a financial burden that is weighing so heavily on you and you can't seem to see your way through. Maybe it's the burden of just being so busy and so chaotic that you just feel like you can't even catch a breath. The power of the Holy Spirit is there for us. Maybe the burden that we have is for a loved one to receive the Holy Spirit as well. For salvation to come to our family and friends. Something that is beyond our ability. Let's hold these things before our God who can do immeasurably more than we can ever ask or imagine. That has the power and the ability to do more than we could ever do on our own. Maybe what you desire is for patience. Maybe what you need is endurance. Maybe what you need is the ability and the assistance for forgiveness. For you to be set free to either forgive yourself or to forgive someone else. All of these things are huge and heavy. But God does not ask us to carry them on our own. He gives us the power of the Holy Spirit to fill us, to enable us, to energize us, to replenish us, to equip us to speak and do as God would have us do. So as your eyes are closed, join with me as I pray. Heavenly Father, you are a giver of good things. You remind us in the Gospel of Matthew, as Jesus said, even earthly fathers know how to give good things to their children. Who, when a child asks for some bread, would give them a stone? Who, when a child asks their parent for a fish, would give them a snake? Even us here on earth know how to give good things to those we love. How much more does our Father in heaven, who loves us more than anyone else on this earth, how much more can he give us good things? And so God, we come to you today with our heavy burdens, with our lacking, with our exhaustion. And God, we open ourselves up to be filled by your Spirit, to be a people filled by your Holy Spirit, not for our glory, but so that we can step out in courage and in faith. In Jesus Christ, who showed us the ultimate way of love. So that we can be so filled with your spirit, God. That 
everything that we do, all that we say, everything in how we act and how we deal with these incredibly heavy burdens that we carry is done not in our own spirit, but in yours. Come to me, all who are heavy and weary, and I will give you rest. Let me finish by praying Ephesians 3 over you again. Going back to Ephesians 3 from verse 16. Let me pray this over you. As we pray and offer this to God, it says, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to Him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to His power that is at work within you. To Him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Let us stand and give glory to this God who loves us and wants to fill us and has all in store for us.